seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Live Radio Contact. week's Devil Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parks and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Join me the show this week as ever. We have Paul Whiteside. All right, Paul? Hey, Rob. You okay? Yeah, good. How's your week been? Yeah, good. Not so bad. Not so bad. Uh, I worked all the weekend, so I've just had a day off today, so it's been nice to to just have some time, some time off work because it, it's, it's funny when you work Saturday, Sunday, then you, you you sort of miss your, your weekend. Then we had our match on Friday, so I went to work Saturday a bit bit boss side really you know, after uh, Friday night it was a late night wasn't it at Wigan so uh, you know I was ready for your day off and I think it's hard, it's hard working this weather isn't it you know it's night out and I'm not complaining because I love the sunshine and that but text it out when it's a bit warm doesn't it so uh, I'd be glad of a day off I'm back in tomorrow and then I've got to work this Saturday as well so uh, I'll be glad when I'm back on my Monday to Friday weeks next week yeah yeah I had a, a very busy Saturday uh, Kate was out so I had to mind uh, well Rory, I had to mind Rory my son and then he had a couple of friends come over as well um, so we had like a you know big adventure day in the house, treasure hunts and you know painting and stuff like that. And I thought to myself, while I was going was good, I let the rabbits out as well. So I let the rabbits both out. You know the problems I had last week with the uh, with the rat with Violet digging her way out, Paul. Oh yeah. Again, happened again. Dug her way out again. Right. And the baking, the baking sun, like sun, sun, sort of one o'clock in the afternoon. It was like she was in the she was like under the under the fence looking at me in the shade and I was looking at her in the baking sun. It was like a standoff. It lasted for like three hours. So she came out eventually. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it, was good. it was good fun then. I went out then at night time uh, to see some of my old schoolmates. I uh, went to Trough. You've been to Trough in the uh, in Ancoats? Is it the Northern Quarter? Yeah, you've been there. Uh, yeah, possibly. I, think I probably have, yeah. I don't really... Take much notice of names of pubs and that when I go in. I was sort of wandering and wander out. But no, I did see your uh, your, your Facebook uh, video. I never knew you could do karaoke. Yeah, so, the karaoke. Yeah, was yeah you did very well actually. Yeah. Well, was it like a karaoke bar? That? No, no, it was it, what it was. Yeah, we were sat on the. Cause it was a bit busy, you see. So we sat on the top. There's like three rooms and, and there's like an, an apex annex on it, like a room at the top where it's just like some tables, no bar. So we sat in there. And then um, some guy came up about, I don't know, maybe in about half seven said, um, so I was, you have to go downstairs, it's Drag Queen Karaoke tonight. And I was like, well, I like karaoke. He said, sorry, mate. So we have to go downstairs. I had a few more beers downstairs. Went to the toilet, came up the stairs. heard the music playing in the, uh, in, in like the room. And I thought, I'll just pop my head in and see, and see, you know, what, what was going on. Pop my head in. Drag Queen was there. Just, just me and the Drag Queen. Drag Queen looked at me. I looked at the drag queen and said, you fancy doing a bit of karaoke? Like, because the nope, was anyone there. He's a little upset, you see. So I said, come on then, I'll, I'll have a go. So I, gra- I grabbed my mate from downstairs and then the rest of the history, hanging out all the classics and then people started coming in as well. So then about, when I left about quarter to one, the place was rammed. I had to queue up to get have a chance to do me, do me songs. Madness. Yeah. 
It was sounded a good, good as well. I, I enjoyed your, your renditions of uh, whatever you did. Though. I can't remember what you did, but it was very good. Yeah, right. I love, I love a bit of karaoke, me. Love a bit of karaoke. So, yeah, it was a good night. Enjoyed it. Really good. Really good fun. Um, but, yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm enough of my social life. Um, we've got loads to go on about this week, haven't we, Paul? Uh, we're going to look back at the, the Wigan defeat on Friday night. We've got all the big news coming out of Soul for Red Devils this week. We've got Ian Watson in coach's corner. We've got an interview with uh, Greg Burke. We've got your amateur report, and then we're going to preview the game against Huddersfield uh, tomorrow night on Thursday. But what should we do? Just kick off with the, the game against Wigan on Friday night. Sounds good to me, mate. Devil in the detail, and this is your big match review. So, Salford Red Devils were defeated against Wigan Warriors, twenty-eight points to twelve. Paul, um, a bit of a disappointing game. Salford didn't really get out of second gear. Uh, Wigan just had enough, kept us at arm's length, uh, and got the win. Yeah, I thought they kept us at arm's length all, all night, really. It was a frustrating game because I don't think Wigan were sort of on, on, on fire, were they, really? They didn't really have to do much to, to get past us. And it was a very tight game. It was a very tight sort of first half, wasn't it? We took the lead 2-0. And I think Wigan got back level, didn't they, with a penalty goal of their own. And sort of halfway through that first half, it was, it was level pegging, wasn't it, two apiece before they got they got those two tries. So, uh, so yeah, I thought it was a disappointing night, really. Um I thought, I thought we, we could have done better in, in that match and we, we could have got the victory, I thought, if we'd have put our minds to it and played anywhere near like we did against Castleford. But obviously we had big news in the week with uh, Robert Louis leaving and um, Tui Lollier coming in. So that that was a big di- disruption on top of the injuries and suspensions that we had as well. I don't think that helped us. So, uh, so yeah, we, we definitely need to bounce back this week. But, but yeah, it was a disappointing game on Friday night. A disappointing performance, I thought. Yeah, started well. A penalty kick from Inu, obviously, then Wigan scored a couple of tries. Sort of a try just before half time by Olsford. It's lovely work by Jackson Hastings putting him through a through the gap. Came off a, um, a sort of a kick from uh, our new standoff as well. So, you know, at that point, I thought to myself, you know, if we score again early in that second half, it could be it could be on for us. But unfortunately, uh, Wigan scored next, didn't they? And they kind of run away with it after that. Yeah, they did. Um... The all perch try just on half time got us back in the game at 10 6. And then, start of the second half, Zach Hardick has scored. I thought in the build up to that try, there was an obstruction, though. I've watched it back on the Super League show today, and it, it, was, it was. There was a definite cross in there, and that for me. So I thought it was a bit unlucky there. Don't forget in the match, we had Lola here had a try disallowed, didn't he, for a, for a knock on the. You know, it could have gone either way. That was a big screen replay. So there was there was there was bits in the game, bits of decisions that didn't really go. We didn't really get any 50-50 calls in that game. I thought I thought Wigan really got the decisions. I'm not saying taking anything away from. Them. I thought they were the, the miles better side. I didn't agree with the sim binning though. McGill Dudson and that Roman Navarat getting sim bin. I thought Navarat uh, sort of was the instigator in that, and, and obviously Dudson just retaliated. And to me, to be honest, we got the penalty. I thought it was harsh to, to Simbin Dudson when someone had thrown a punch at him. But no, that, that's that's as good as it got for us in the second half when, when Chris Wellham got that try three minutes from time. And yeah, we, we were never really at the race. You'll have to excuse my voice again. I'm still struggling. I'm uh, still got full of a cough. But uh, but no, it was a disappointing result. But uh, we've just got to bounce back from it this week now. Yeah, I think the hard, I think the hard acre try was just unlucky. I think he probably was crossing, but going at such speed but I think with Hastings he bought the he bought the dummy run didn't he which then created the gap so 
within that's what the plan is when you do the runaround move. Someone has to sort of buy the dummy runner, don't they? Which Aiskins did, which created the the space for Samet to run into. So it's it's good play by Wigan. Plus as well, Joe Lucic got kind of tripped up the near tried to trip Hardik up, just didn't manage to do it, and obviously Hardik got the ball and scored. So I suppose it's, it's unlucky, a different setting, a different situation. You know, it doesn't happen. The Lola here try for me at the time I thought it was a try, but I've seen sort of video after, you know since then. Uh, and he grounds it short, doesn't he? But he did, he did look, he showed in patches, I thought, Paul, but, you know, he's, he's going to be a good player for us. Yeah, <clears throat> he didn't really, I don't know whether, he didn't really look dead sharp, did he, on the night? He, he, he looked like he was struggling a bit. He didn't look the quickest bloke in the world, but I thought he defended quite well. Um, he, he's kicking the first half, set, set our try up, but it was a teasing kick that, and Wigan spilled it and knocked on and and uh, Alpert scored from the, the next play. And he obviously he showed a nice touch there where he went through that gap to to sort of knock the ball on over the line as the referee had judged. So I think there's promise there with him. And as we mentioned, I think we spoke about him last week, didn't we? He's played in the NRL and you know he's a, he's, he's a Tongan international. I think I think he's played for New Zealand as well. So he's got all the sort of attributes there to to be a, to be a good player. I think for one thing, I think he needs to have a look at his fitness. I think and his sharpness. I think if anybody can get that that out of him, our coaching team can. You know, Watson can get him into, into good shape, and once he does, I'm sure he'll he'll, he'll click with with Jackson Hastings. I know, I know Hastings, uh, you know, he can make players look good, can't he? And you know, Robert Louis came into his own with Jackson Hastings in the last season, and, and for the majority of this season. So I don't see why why he can't. He's, he's got a good kicking game here. Watson thinks an awful lot about his kicking game. He's a goal kicker as well. I think he'll be a, a useful addition to the squad. I hope so. Anyway, I really do hope so because. Uh, yeah, it's going to be think, a big miss if he's not. Yeah, I think obviously he's had a try this louder, uh, you know, the death as well. And I think if he scores there, Paul, you know, it, it could have been on. The comeback could well have been on because Wigan looked trapped. He's just sort of dead on the feet at that point. Uh, but unfortunately, oh, pass from Wellen and, you know, the Wigan fans in front of us clearly enjoyed that. Didn't they? It was the bird uh, when, when that happened. And he scored like about a minute later, we sealed the game. Yeah, they scored a late try from uh, Oliver Partington, didn't they? And, uh, yeah, 28-12. So, it, <clears throat> excuse me, it was a game where um, we didn't throw the towel in, did we? You know, we we sort of hung her in there. You know, Wigan visits to Wigan in the past, we've we've collapsed, haven't we? We've got a few tries behind, so we did we did stay in the game. It was a disappointing result on the back of the two performances we had against Casper and Wakefield, really. But obviously, with the disruption and the players we had missing, you know, you was, was you were down to the bare bones in that game, and you know. Certain players didn't play well. Did there was mistakes, individual errors as well that cost us a lot. Our completion rate was was very very poor in the match. And you look at Wigan's completion rate. I think they were completing about ninety percent, weren't they? So they were doing things right. They were they were working through the sets of six. And when a team's playing like that and you're making loads of mistakes, you're not going to win a game, are you? When you're like that. And I think that's what put us on the back foot from the word goal, really. So uh, so there's a lot to work on, and we need a big improvement this week. Yeah. Yeah, obviously I spoke to Greg Burke after the game, Paul, and this is what he had to say. I'm joined by Greg Burke. You battled hard there, unfortunately. We've just had enough to beat us. Yeah, we probably, well, we definitely shot ourselves in front. Couldn't complete it, so I thought 20 minutes in the second half, soul destroyed, really. We kicked down the field, we have a good detail, we kicked down the field, and then that field drop in. It's just, I don't know, it's hard work, I mean, that's the times, you know, yeah, but, you can all that ball, we're all patch, you know, it's only going to be, only going to be a moment, and on the other side of it, we can take a lot of pride from the fact that 
he didn't run away with it, but he still ran the game. Yeah, I mean, we're back really in the game, and uh, that's the thing. I think we just worked hard, but we've seen cost of, well, a lot of cost errors from certain people. Yeah, obviously the heat was a, was a factor as well. But like you said, you're stuck in the game. Yeah. You know, it wasn't the runaway, runaway victory, no. was it, Farwood? No. And that's got to be something to look, look at in a positive way for me. Yeah, I mean, on the ball, then, it should have been by a moment. Like I said, we was in the game and they give a, they give a fall yeah. late on. Whether it was or not, you know, that's, that's, that's up to the referee, but he's give it anyway. So, um, yeah, I mean, got over on a couple of times, just disallowed and Like I said, they didn't really run away with it, so positive for us, really. Um, if, if you can take it, I mean, we still want to come here and win and stay in that top five, but obviously we've dipped away, but again, we've not got a big game on Thursday and we can push straight back in it, so... So that was Greg Park, Greg Burke, sorry, um, talking after the game, Paul, and you know he was disappointed with the with the result, but obviously they identified you know what the what the problems were, uh, and obviously moving forward they'll fix them up, uh, and we'll put in a better performance this week. Yeah, you'd like to think so. We've been good at home, haven't we, in, in recent weeks? So uh, we made it a bit of a fortress at the AJ Bell. So uh, we'll be looking to bounce back this week. And obviously, Greg disappointed there going back to his, his former club and, and not getting the result. And I, I think it's a matter of the result, really. We we didn't really trouble Wigan at all, did we? We know we've got the players on there with, with, with the potential to cause teams positive, as we proved away from home this season. I don't think we did ourselves justice on, on Friday night. And that was dis- that was the disappointing thing for me. He was disappointed. Um, obviously, look at the stats, uh, Paul. He was disappointed. Um, obviously, look at the stats, uh, Paul. Top tacklers, Gil Dudson with 31, Joey Lucic with 28, uh, Greg Burke with 34, uh, Tyron McCaffrey with 36, Ryan Lannan with 39. Uh, the forward was making a lot of tackles there. Yeah, I think we had to do. <coughs> excuse me, Wigan had a lot of possession in the game, didn't they? As I said before, with the, with the completing the sets, they didn't make many errors at all. They're very methodical in their approach to the game, and you know we, we was under the cosh for large, pe- large periods of the game. And I thought for, you know, for at least the, the for, sort of first twenty minutes of the game, the first quarter, we defended really, really well. You know, nullified Wigan's attack. Nia Levels came with a fantastic tackle on, uh, I think it was on Tony Tony Club, was it? You know, he's a very big man in Tony Club and Nia Levels dropped in there with a great try-saving tackle. So the defence was, was pretty solid for, for large parts of the game, really. Yeah, top meeting makers, Gil Goodson with 55, Burke with 63, uh, Tyron McCaff with 54, Ben Nakambalai with 74, uh, Ryan Lamb with 73. Um, I suppose, like we say, in, in every week, you need a few players over 100. I think that was the difference. We just weren't able to get on the front foot and make big metres down the middle. No, we was missing you two big big forwards, really, weren't you? Lee Mossops, you're probably your, your captain and your go-to prop forward. He provides a lot of grunt and, and, and aggression going forward, doesn't he? He makes a lot of yards, Lee, on the first contact. And you look at Adam Walker as well. Adam Walker's a big man. Probably... probably his forwards go those are our two biggest forwards 
and uh, he was suspended, so he, he was missing him. And then George Griffin, another guy who makes a lot of meters and plays big minutes as well, he was out injured. So and Josh Jones came off injured, didn't he? So it was a bit of adversity in that game. I thought we were we were down to to, to bare bones, and we're missing Dan Murray at the moment as well. He's out on loan, so obviously you've got another prop forward there who's missing. But you've got Ryan Lannan in, but Dan Murray makes a lot of yards as well. So it's been difficult, hasn't it, for Watto in the in, in in the last couple of weeks? And hopefully he can have some some players back fit this this weekend for Huddersfield, is it? Yeah, you spoke to Ian Watson after the game, Paul, and this is what he had to say. Coach's corner. Don't want to believe you've got a cold. No, oh, okay. Stay away from you there. Yeah, Ian Watson joins a bit a disappointing night. Yeah. Um, errors. A lot yeah. of errors in the game. Yeah, too many. Just... Yeah, too many. And then we ended up just losing the energy battle on the back of that, really. We just they were better coming out of yardage than obviously what we were. We weren't really denting the line and getting on the front foot. So obviously your middles are retreating a lot um, retreating a lot further than what they normally would to with your backfield normally bringing the ball to them as well. And it was just draining us. Um, but it, it's come down to the errors, basically. That's cost us. It's been a busy week as well, hasn't it? I mean, we spoke last, last Sunday, was it? Last Friday. Were you expecting this, this business with Robert Louis and Lola here coming in? Yeah, yeah, no, it's been, yeah, it has, no, it has, and, and like I say, I mean, Tui's come in today and Tui's done great, everything we've asked of him he's done, obviously we're a little bit disjointed in our attack today, but we've, we've got over the trial line a fair few times again today, I know we've had a couple of decisions kind of ruled out from there and there's, there's a few funny calls, but um, we can't kind of control that, we've just got to control what we control, so we need to get back on that this week and fix ourselves up, Robbie's, Robbie's left us, um, but Robbie's been a great ambassador for Salford, but he's been given an opportunity where he could secure his family's future going forward as well, so it's um, something that obviously we thought we was losing Robbie anyway, going to UKR, obviously that deal's ended up falling through and then Robbie's been kind of looking to get a, a club on the back of that which has secured his future. With Lola here, what's the situation? Is it just a loan to the end of the season or has he oh, signed no, a deal? Yeah, no, it? no, we've took him. Um, we've took him for the extra two years. Look, there's a lot of similarities between him and Robbie when Robbie first came over. Um, two, he's got a great, great attacking game and he's probably got a better kicking game than what Robbie has as well. Um, defensively, there's areas that He's been obviously known for being a little bit weak in and obviously um, weight issues, which obviously Robbie had as well. But we're really confident we can get something out of Tui. Tui is a big player um, and he was, was a big name in the NRL as well. So he's got a pedigree about him. It's up to us to get the best out of him. Coming here to Wigan tonight without Lee Mossop, without Adam Walker yep. and George Griffin. I know we've said about the mistakes and that, but that, that must have been tough, you know, playing against him. Well, he's a big pack in Wigan. Yep. They completed really well. And to, you know, to finish the game only sort of 28-12, I think it was yep. in the end, he wasn't that far off really. Yeah, no. No, um, Adam Walker missing out of that as well um, obviously with the suspension we, we lacked a bit of punch today um, our backfield lacked some punch as well but that's come on the back of the errors and doing too much defending when you're doing that it just drains your tank if you look at the last two weeks the, the intent we've had in our D the intent we've had in our carries has come because we've completed sets and we've held the ball as well and we've had our far, fair share of the ball when we get the fair share of the ball we win games it's always um, it's a consistent picture that when we make errors and we back them up with more of us, we generally lose the games. Huddersfield Giants next Thursday, yep. that becomes another pivotal game now, doesn't it? You know, the, yep. We spoke about the league table this season, that we've been topsy-turvy, and win a couple of games, you lose a couple of games. There's a lot on that game now. Yep. Is there anybody coming back next week? Have we got anybody else? We're picking up knocks tonight. Yep. Um, off the top of my head, we've, we've got a 19-man squad, which we've named today, and everyone who was fit was in that 19 so it'd only probably be a little bit of rejigging in and out Could there. it be pretty much similar to tonight, really? Um, potentially, there will be a couple of changes on it, mate. I'm just obviously not going into that at the moment, no. but there'll be a couple of changes on the back of that because, like I say, there was a couple of people who were way off today. 
And before we go, I'd like to congratulate you on your, your news this week. Great Britain assistant. That must be a great opportunity for you as well. Yeah, no, it's a, with yeah, that. a big privilege and a, a big honour to kind of be selected. When did you find out about that? Um, I think it was Monday, Sunday night, I think it was. Sunday oh, right. night, so yeah, so yeah. it's happened fairly quickly. Yeah, yeah, um, I had an interview last week um, with Wayne Bennett. Um, and then obviously the news came through on Sunday find night. Speaking to Wayne Bennett, and that he's obviously got a lot of knowledge. That must be something you must be looking to. to yeah, no, no, it'd be great to kind of learn from him. Obviously, I've had, I've worked on some coaches, Tony Smith, um, Tim Sheens. So I've worked on some great people. Um, and then obviously when I've been playing, I've had some great coaches as well, David Way and people like them to kind of learn off as well. So I've had a kind of a mixture and a good kind of upbringing in that way. But to work with um, Wayne will be a good experience as well. Looking forward to going abroad on that tour. It's uh, something <laughs> different in it from this country. Yeah, obviously that 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 will come later on. Um, I'm not worried about that at the moment. Salford's my first um, port of call this moment. How do you see sort of the end of the season now for Salford? Where, where can we go? Yeah, I mean, we, we we just like I say we need to have a real dig for the playoffs. That's what we want to do as a group. Um, I know. Um, People have said, obviously, Robbie's gone, but we've brought a great guy in, we're in two in now. What we need to do is get some of our middles back fit if we can, and then really crack on from there and see how see how far we can go. But even even without them guys, even without the middles, like I say, we've put up a decent enough performance today to be able to win the game if we'd have just been a little bit more squeaky clean with our errors. So going against Huddersfield next week, we might have to rejig a couple of things, but the big one for us is just to get a bit of continuity now with um, Tui and Jacko. It's just been mentioned in the press conference about Martin Gleeson. Will that be his last yeah. game next week? You've got him on Thursday before Potent- he goes. Yeah, potentially the Huddersfield one. Yeah, um, like I say hopefully it, it might not be, but yeah, it's looking more like his last game, which will obviously be a big disappointment, a big disappointment to us as well. And you're still looking at people. Do you lining up to replace him? Yeah, right? we've. Um, I think the closing date was today um, for bringing people in. So we'll do a shortlist next week. And Who interviews people those people? In. Is that you who interviews them? Um, yeah, they'll be myself and probably Ian Blees. Um, I'd like one with me and obviously my backroom team as well because, like I say, it's in it. We're really selective, and um, it's important that you are a close knit yeah, team. Yeah, yeah, aren't yeah, you? and that everyone has a kind of a say and gets a feel for the guy who's coming in. Well, thanks very much for speaking to us tonight, Ian. I'll see you next week, mate. Thanks, cheers, Bob. Well, Paul, that was you talking to Ian Watson after the game. He highlighted the errors uh, that we that sort of we made, which caused our team to to sort of uh, use more energy. Um, and I think that's the kind of the right kind of the summary of the game really a few errors you know caused us to defend a bit more uh, and we ran out of juice in the tank I think he was very disappointed with the with the errors Rob I think he has been the last couple of weeks or the last couple of defeats where the last few defeats have been individual errors if you go back to the the magic weekend some of the errors there were absolutely awful we gifted Kingston Rovers sort of two or three tries in that in that match and it's cost us dear hasn't it a few times this season the, the Wigan home games errors cost us the match the Castlewood away game we, we give a, a silly try away so there's been a lot of that this season these errors and you know that's the frustrating thing we need to you know to, to cut them out of the game because sometimes you're working really hard and then silly mistakes are costing you points and you, know, you think about the matches we've lost this season through through daft things like that so it's something we definitely need to iron out it's been a tough week for him as well as we mentioned with with Robert Louis going it's You've lost a key player there to your side. I mean, I don't care how good two with all the real. You must think since sliced bread, but you've lost a, one of your key playmakers there, and that's that's obviously had an effect on the side because he's got to change things round, change the moves round, and that that was a difficult thing. It was a difficult week building up to the game. I think so. With with having another week now to prepare and all train together, I think that'll bring the players together this week. Yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting what happens this week. Obviously, with all the uh, the you know the, the new players coming in, Lola here, you know, getting his opportunity after a week of training with Jackson Hastings, we'll see how much more he's got uh, after a week of, of training. He, he might show a bit more, I think. Um, 
big thanks for your three word match reports and man of the matches. Um, <coughs> Harvey Treed, worst officiating ever. Um, his man of the match was Evels and, and Jackson uh, Hastings. And would it uh, atrocious officials again? Uh, his man of the match was Jackson Hastings. Uh, Chairman Bob, well below par, nigh level. Uh, Mark Hastings, that was his man of the match. Chris and Janet Shen, and too many errors. Um, their man of the match was Jackson Hastings. Uh, Natalie Taylor, fair referee required. Uh, her man of the match was nine levels. And uh, no backing up from Salford, 79, nine levels. Uh, Richard Martin, costly, unforced errors. Uh, and his man of the match was Evels. And finally, uh, Salford Red, bring back Childs. And uh, his man of the match was uh, Jackson Hastings. So you can see through the three-word match reports, Paul, a lot of people kind of blaming the officials um, for the for the, for the you know, performance. But to be fair, we had a couple of, of gambling decisions, but we were we didn't get out of second gear. And if you don't get out of second gear, you don't deserve to win the game. Yeah, I thought we looked a bit rudderless going forward on attack at times. And obviously, as I said before, you know, you take Louis out and you, you've got the new guy in there. It's going to take time for it to bed. And it looked like that. We looked like a side that had just met up in the car park and, you know, come in and some of our attacking players were really blunt, I thought. And... Um, I didn't think the referee had his best game. I thought the, the referee was a lot of the 50-50 calls went Wigan's way. and I don't know, there was a, there was a, you know, a lot of penalties coming out of yardage, didn't they? It gets you down the other end of the field and do you look at our discipline or is that just a dodgy referee? I'm not sure. I wouldn't particularly... I didn't come out of the ground on, on the way home with my dad and say to him, oh, we got robbed there by a referee. We didn't have that conversation at all. So I don't think the referee was that bad, but I understand where the listeners are coming from. There were some strange decisions, but I think we only really had ourselves to blame. If you, if you look in the mirror at the end of the day, I thought we were the better side. Yeah, so maybe a disappointing result, uh, but obviously we can move on and hopefully get back on the uh, the arse against Huddersfield on uh, on well tomorrow night, Thursday night. So that was our report looking back at the Wigan game. Next up, we're going to look at the big news coming out of Salford Red Devils this week, Paul. So all the big news coming out of Salford Red Devils this week. We'll start with the departures: George Griffin and Darrell Olfert have announced that they'll be playing for Castleford Tigers in the 2020 season. Um, George, we'll start with George Griffin. Uh, you know, great servant for us. I think it's five years, 150 career appearances. Um, he's been a kind of a mainstay of our pack, hasn't he, for, for a long time. Um, does a lot of tackling, takes a lot of drives in. You know, he is going to be missed. Yeah, I think he will be missed. Yeah, I think he'll take a bit of replacing. I think there's players out there who could... Who could do that job for you? George has been a good player for us, really. A bit, a bit of an unsung hero over the last couple of years. I think it's his, his engine and the amount of minutes he puts in. You get 80 minutes out of George Griffin. and you know, There's not many players like that about who is sort of versatile and as dynamic as he is. You know, he's, he's a fit lad. He wants to play 80 minutes at Super League. That takes some doing that. So the fitness of him is absolutely phenomenal. And his work rate as well. I think that's what you get out of him. He's, a, he's, a, he's turning into a good back row forward. He's not the biggest guy in the world. But uh, you know what he's not got in size, he's uh, he's certainly got in, in heart. So I think Casford are getting a very good player there, and it's disappointing to see him leave because he's a very likable bloke as well. We've spoke to him on the on the podcast before. He's always in the same mood. Very sorry, very sort of a funny sense of humour, Joy Griffin. I've got a lot of time for him, so be disappointed to see him go. Yeah, it's disappointing, Paul. Um, Darrell Olfert's also going uh, to Castleford. He's had a, he's had a mixed season uh, for us. Uh, you know, a lot of people kind of see the errors, but he does know where the line is, and I can see why Castle. 
Castleford, give him a chance uh, to, to prove himself at, at the Castleford level. Um, hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. He's had moments of goal for us, but also he's, he's dropped a lot of ball. But I understand that the way he plays the game, he wants to burst the line. Um, and I suppose when you get a reputation, when you when you try and bring the ball forward, if you spill the ball and the team who's defending knows it's you and tries to get three in the tackle and tries to rip it out, then the referee will will give it as a, a rip out, uh, sorry, knock on rather than a rip out. Unfortunately, but you know he's, he's been good for us. He's scored he's scored a few good tries, uh, and we wish him both uh, well in the future. Yeah, I think watching Darrell progress, you know, he, he came through from uh, Newcastle Thunder, I think he came from, and, uh, you know, he jumped up two leagues when he, when he first signed for Salford, you know, from, the, from League One, and, you know, he did look a bit green at the start, and you could tell he had some, some potential there, I mean, he's not he's not a young kid, Darrell, is he? He's, he's been around for a while in rugby league, so he's, he's progressed and he's come into Super League, I think he took his chance well, and Obviously, Daryl Powell sees, sees he's got potential. I, think, I don't think he's the finished article by a long way. I think there's a lot of things he needs to improve on. I don't agree with all the, the bashing that he's got on social media recently because he has he's took a lot of hammer. If you go on the club's Facebook page, there was all sorts on there last night. I was reading the comments and I think some of them were a bit harsh. I mean, he doesn't purposely go out there to make mistakes and uh, you know no players do. And I think he's worked hard. He's trying his best for us, hasn't he? But... Uh, I don't want to slag him off, but I think he's been poor the last couple of weeks, and uh, you know I don't know whether he, he needs a rest from the side and we give somebody else a go. I don't know whether Ian Watson's going to do that, but he has made a lot of mistakes, and they have cost us tries a few times. But the lad's still a good player; he has scored some good tries for us, but he's been a bit iffy on his defence. But no, I wish him all the best when he goes to Castleford. But let's hope he puts it in for the rest of the season for Salford. We've still got nine games to go with the squad we've got. We're probably going to need him to to be at his best and, and play him well. Yeah, a lot of people obviously looking at our departures uh, and having a bit of a panic. We don't know who Ian Watson sort of bringing in. Um, we don't know. We're just hoping that the, Ian Watson and, and the coaching staff who are involved in these transfer sort of dealings kind of bring players who are better than what we've got. And, that, and that's the kind of thing that you're hoping for with the likes of Griffin because if he does a lot of tackling and does a lot of drives and makes makes meters, you need someone to take that role over, don't you? So as long as we kind of upgrade on George Griffin, then that's going to be well. Yeah, certainly. I think, I think. Um, excuse me. Uh, sorry, listeners, about my voice. I'm struggling again. But um, yeah, I think you've just got to sometimes take a backward step from what people put on the on the social media and what people say because people sort of find faults with everything these days, don't they? Go into meltdowns. I mean, I don't really go onto Twitter, but you hear that, don't you? Oh, Twitter's going into meltdown because such a things happened, and I don't know. Sometimes you've just got to look at the bigger picture, haven't you? And, and think, yeah, we're going to be bringing players in. We perhaps we're just not doing our our businesses yet. Perhaps we have got players signed. I think we've got players signed up for next season. But I think Watto's a, a wise a wise coach. He's not going to go out there and start shouting off who we've got for next season. And I don't think I don't think you should do. I don't think Castleford really should be putting that out there. They signed Darrell and, and and George. Why not do it at the end of the season? You know, let the let the lads finish their careers off at Salford first. I don't agree with this. You know, we've signed such a body for next season. You're nowhere near next season yet. Next season, like next February, it's miles off. So uh, you know, let, let the lads finish the career at the clubs they're at. But uh, I'm I'm pretty sure Salford have got players lined up, and uh, you know, it's going to be difficult though, Rob, because it's that that million dollar question again. You know, our crowds are fantastic, so we've not got like potloads of money, so. It's probably difficult for Ian and the club to sign really high-profile players when when you've not got that much money to play with. So it's probably a really, 
really are balancing acts. And I don't, I didn't really want to bring that subject up, but sometimes I think you think you have to do because it, it must be difficult to, you know, to sign players when you, you're struggling for cash. So, uh, so yeah, it's going to be difficult. But I'm, I'm sure he has got got targets. And there's been stuff in the press recently, hasn't there, about about certain players coming in. The ones I've seen, you know, they look exciting, exciting players to have at the club. So uh, I don't think it'll all be doom and gloom. I'm sure we'll have some good news. Yeah, obviously, the, the big rumours about Jackson Hastings going to Wigan. A lot of mainstream sort of uh, rugby league media uh, uh, sort of uh, announcing that. Salford haven't announced anything. Wigan haven't announced anything. Um, but it is a short career, and, you know, if, if it's best for him, he's given us, what, 18 months of fantastic, you know, service. And, you know, if, if that's the case, we'll, we'll obviously wish him well. Yeah, but does that does that come down to money again, Robert? I, I don't know. Perhaps it does. Perhaps perhaps we're going to offer him more money. Perhaps we can't afford to keep him. I'm not really too sure how it all works. I mean, I saw the, the news on, um, I think it was Sunday night, I think League Express put stuff on online, don't they? Um, the, the paper gets released online, doesn't it? Sort of on Sunday nights, people can have a sneak preview. And I know that story was in there then. I, I bought me League Express Monday night a read of it. When I saw it Sunday night, before I read into the article, I presume Jackson had signed for, for Wigan for what everybody was saying, but nothing's still been confirmed. So, But I agree, it's looking highly likely that, that he will go to, to Wigan. And if he does go to Wigan, he goes. You know, players players move on, don't they? You know, that's, that's the, the sport. Sometimes supporters don't seem to forget that a player's not a supporter. You know, Jackson Aces is not going to support Salford for the rest of his life. Is he? he's going to he's going to move on and he's going to have a career in the sport. And, and that's the difference between a player and a supporter. You know, a supporter's a, a supporter for life, whereas a player does it for his job. You know, will give everything for you whilst he's there. But then when he gets another opportunity, you know, you can't blame players. It's a short career. They they're going to move on. They want to win things. I mean. Salford, we're we're a club that aren't always challenging for trophies. We're not in cup finals and things like that. So players may look at other clubs and think, well, I've got a better chance there. And that's that's how the game works. That's how the sport works. So I don't begrudge any player moving on. You know, um, no. as long as you, as long as you do it in the right the right manner and and and, and go about it the right way. Yeah. Uh, other news, uh, Paul. Uh, they're actually have some NRL shirts uh, against Huddersfield to raise money uh, for Jansen Turgit. And the young uh, Canada Rhinos uh, player Pedro, uh, who recently passed away, uh, our thoughts are with his uh, family at, at this time, Paul. But it's great the club are sort of doing that uh, for both causes uh, to raise a bit of money at this sad time. Yeah, certainly. As I, I read that story about Pedro, uh, awful story. You know, I was talking to Paul Paul Faulkner, who does a, a lot of coaching with the lads down there at Canada. It's such a such a like a really shocking story, really a really awful story. I mean, for, you just feel for his parents and his family and all the players that are there at Caddy's Head. You know, we're obviously thinking about them at this sort of time because that just puts life into perspective. You know, you're moaning about transfers and players going, and you've got a poor little boy like that. So, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with them and, and Jansen Turgut as well. You know, he's had a had a rough time at the moment, and uh, you know that sometimes puts you puts your rugby league into perspective. So. So, uh, so yeah, I hope they raise a lot of cash from that, and, uh, and it goes to those great, great causes. Yeah, it's uh, it's well-being week uh, this week at Huddersfield. Paul Heightens um, sort of uh, starring in a sort of an emotional video about his uh, sort of struggle uh, with mental health, and now he's after his uh, rugby league career ended, he struggled uh, to deal with sort of life and how sporting chance sort of helped him get his life back on track. He's such a sort of a, a really nice bloke, Paul Heightens, as well. Um, so obviously videos like that really kind of help uh, other people who might be struggling like he was uh, to, to go and find out. 
Yeah, certainly. I've not I've not seen that that, that video that he's done. Uh, um, I heard about it today. My mum was telling me today. I think she'd seen it. And said it was really emotional and uh, really worth worth giving a, a listen to. And I think you know Paul's done some great work, hasn't he? You know, speaking about things and, and rugby league cares and things like that. And you know, there's a lot of people who work in that sort of, those sort of charities now and, and go around and, and telling people, making people aware of it. And you know, it must be a big shock for players when when they finish their careers. And you know what what they do next. You know, you look at Malcolm Walker. Look at him after his career. What how he how he's sort of life's nosedived and he's, he's had all those problems and ended up in prison. I'm not saying it. You know, I'm not finding excuses for players and that. But it must be a big shot. You've been playing rugby league and you know that that buzz of playing rugby league in front of people and the day to day crack of it all and then it's all gone. It must be it must be a big shot for them. And if there's people there that can help them out and prevent. You know that this sort of thing, and you know, I, I, I believe Paul Atkins was thinking of taking his own life and, and things like that. It was really, really sad that, and I'm just glad he got the help because, like you said, he's a lovely bloke, Paul. And you know, uh, yeah, I hope everybody gets behind that because stuff like that, it really is a fantastic cause. Yeah, and he's also the, the player welfare manager as well at the club, which obviously helps the you know the current batch of players because he's he's been through it and he'll be able to sort of feed them information and allow them to sort of help help them deal with life outside. The rugby pitch because that's that's the that's his main job at the club in it to, to help the club help the players uh, you know enjoy life more. Yes, yeah, certainly, and I think he does a great job. I think the whole club do a, a great job there. I mean, there's not a massive amount of people at Salford. We're, we're a threadbare sort of staff, really, aren't we? There's not many people there who work behind the scenes at Salford. But I think Ian Watson, his coaching staff, Paul Lighton. You know, the chaplain and all the guys there involved. I can't, forgive me, I can't remember the, the chaplain's name. I do see him at all the games. I can't remember his name. But they do they do a great job there, don't they? They look after the players. And you've only got to speak to the players after the match. And when we see them, you know, in between games, there's, there's a great team spirit. And there has been since Ian Watson took over. There's a great team spirit at Salford. And, you know, the players always look really happy, don't they? And uh, they, they all seem to get on really well when you see them off the pitch, when they're, when they're out doing things between themselves and sort of... The players do things together, don't they? And which is which is great to see. And uh, you know, I think I think Paul's done a, done a great job as the player welfare manager. Definitely has. Yeah. Uh, the final bit of news I've got, Paul, is that the Salford Lottery. Um, fantastic opportunity uh, to win some money. Uh, pound a week or thirteen pound? Um, is it a month? Uh, I was I was down at the stadium today doing a few bits and pieces and uh, I was with Graham Jones who does a lot of work for the supporters just an awful lot of good work as well and he was telling me about the uh, before we talk about the lottery he was talking about the the, the supporters trust and, and people being members of that and the amount of kids that are members of it now and I know Graham's really really interested in getting the junior devils up and running like it used to be you know when we were in it years ago um, with, with parties and all that sort of thing so watch this space on that but if you've not joined the supporters trust get on board with them because they're doing some great stuff but Graham was mentioning the lottery and he was sort of saying you know it's a pound a week um, so it's 13 pound Per quarter, I think you can do it as a direct debit, so you pay thirteen pounds. So that that'd work out roughly right. With thirteen, thirteen times four would be twenty-six. Yeah, that's fifty-two in it. So yeah, so it'd be thirteen pound a quarter. So it's a pound a week. But I think he said if you can get so many people doing that, it's going to pay. Like I think I don't know how much money they raise from squad building, about sixty odd grand or something. But if you get everybody doing this lottery. You're going to be, you know, challenging that squad builder as well and, and raising sort of that amount of cash. So it's, it, there's some good prizes on offer as well. So it, we were speaking today about um, like some football teams do it, like the the gold bond draw, don't they? I think Rochdale Football have a really good one where people can just pay a pound and someone comes to your house and gives you a ticket. And I think that's what 
basically Salford are doing now, aren't they? If I'm, you know, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I think this is this is what they want to create anyway, like a lottery where people can pay a quid a week and you know uh, you win some good prize and that. I'm waffling a bit here because I don't really know about lotteries and that, but it is a good it's a good incentive and it's a good way to get some you know much needed cash into the club. Yeah, a lot of people obviously on Twitter sort of moaning about not having enough money and you know we need a rich benefactor etc. Things like the lottery that that you can do your bit there. It's only a pound. Like you've got it. It's only one pound. We, we, if you go on the national lottery, you know it's only it's not a lot of money if you if you if you've got a little bit of money. And a big chance of winning as well. A lot of people think, yeah, I'll, I'll put five hundred quid in. I'll put a thousand pound into the club. This not everyone has that kind of money, do they, Paul? If you can, if you've only got like a five year name, you can do you can do a pound, you know, and that that helps the club grow. And, and if like you said, a lot of people decided to to get involved in the lottery. Um, the prize money will go up and the, the donation will go up as well and obviously the club will then benefit from it and then we might be able to, to keep these sort of star players that that only play for Salford I'm just hoping like you say people get behind this lottery um, you know sign up for it and you know it can be the, the next big thing in the in, a, in the world of Salford Devils Well yeah I think I think you, you need it don't you and um... We, we was discussing today. I mean, I'm going off the subject again, but we were discussing. I know Graham. I think his lad watches Rochdale football. And when I used to live up that neck of the woods, I, I used to go there on a Saturday every now and again. And um, I think they've got about two thousand, two and a half thousand season ticket holders, and their crowd is roughly about two thousand seven hundred, two thousand six hundred every week. So the majority of their crowd, everyone has a season ticket. And I think that's fascinating. That's phenomenal. I mean, for such a small club. The supporters all put the money where their mouths is and buy season tickets and really pay into it and have the lottery as well. So they're a club punching above the weight, really. And we could—that's what we need to aspire to be. We haven't got, you know, absolutely tons of supporters, but the supporters we have got—if we can all get a season ticket—and you know, I don't want to sound like Bob Geld up here, you know, saying, you know, can you pay for this? Can you pay for that? But, but I think just yeah, just a pound a week, just buy into that and keep the club going. I'm sure we can. I'm sure we can spread it. I mean, I'm not like a an expert on money and things like that but I think the lottery is a good way of doing it and like I said a pound a week if you can get involved in that and get involved in the supporters trust as well get, get as many kids there as we can kids of the future aren't they of the sport and the club and uh, you know with this being a community club now and I think it's more important that we get as many children and families there as well I think families is a big one the more families we can get involved in buying into the sport of rugby league the better yeah if you're Bob Geldof I must be Freddie Mercury <laughs> Grow yourself a tash. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's all. That's all the big news uh, coming out of Salford Devils this week, Paul. Uh, what we'll do now, we'll look at your amateur scene, see what the amateur clubs did uh, this week. To report, you'll have to put up with my. Uh bunged up nose and, and sore throat again I'm struggling at the moment I had it at the last weekend I had it the, the game before last so uh, it just seems to keep coming and going but it's uh, I'm surviving and hopefully by Thursday night it will have gone by then but here is this week's amateur report anyway it's quite a short one really starting off with the National Conference League Saddleworth Rangers were beaten at home to Featherstone Lions that was the only game that was played amongst our local sides at the week and they were beaten at home to Featherstone Lions by 40 points to 18 the Rangers are struggling in Division 1 they are second bottom just a point above bottom side Dewsbury more Maroons there's a full programme of fixtures this weekend on Saturday the 6th of July in the Premier Division Rochdale Mayfield face a trip to Siddle in Division 1 Featherstone Lions play Saddleworth Rangers in Division 3 
He's Oldham St. Anne's against Hunslet Warriors and Salford City Roosters play Hensingham and Waterhead Warriors play the Batley Boys. So Saddleworth Rangers have got their chance to uh, to get one back over the Featherstone Lions. They play in the reverse fixture this week and as I said, Rochdale Mayfield in that Premier Division clash. Rochdale Mayfield struggling as well. They're also second bottom, just a point above Kells at the bottom of the Premier Division. Siddle just a couple of places above them. So it's a big weekend for our local sides. All those fixtures kick off at 2.30 on Saturday. Well, moving on to the North West Men's League, there's just one result from the weekend. There's a lot of no results, a lot of postponements for one reason or another. But the only fixture, sorry, result I've got is in Division 1 of the North West Men's, and that was Oldham St. Anne's A26, Blackbrook 30. For this weekend, Saturday the 6th of July, the Premier Division, it's Haysham Atoms against Rochdale Mayfield A. Division 1, Folly Lane are at home to Witness Tigers. Blackbrook play Oldham St. Anne's A. In Division 2, Langworthy Reds play Levi the Rangers A. West Hart and Lions play Charlie Panthers. Division 4, Caddy's Head Rhinos play Garswood Stags. And Saddleworth Rangers A play North Wales Crusaders A. And in Division 5, finally, it's Bolton Mets at home to Blackpool Stanley. In the North West Youth League, there was just one result from this weekend gone by, and it was a derby match in the under-18s. Lang with the Reds pipped Folly Lane by 26 points to 24. The fixtures for this weekend are as follows. Sunday the 7th of July, under-18s Premier Division. There's an Oldham derby between Waterhead Warriors and Oldham St Anne's. In Division 1 of the under-18s, it's Rochdale against Thato Heath. Division 2, Salford City Roosters play West Horton Lions. And in the under-16s, Premier Division, Oral St James are at home to Saddleworth. Division 1 of the under-16s, Oldham St Anne's face Lee East. In Division two of the under 16s Folly Lane play Burton Wood Rochdale Mayfield play Portugal Vine West Horton play Goldburn Parkside and in Division 3 Charlie Panthers are at home to Caddy's Head Rhinos and Wollstone Rovers play the Berry Broncos well, as we mentioned last week, the uh, Student Rugby League Four Nations was underway England got a result in their first, uh, first game the fixtures finished this week on Saturday and Wednesday the games were played uh, Scotland were beaten by England 36 points to 18 Wales beat Ireland 18-12, then England beat Ireland 40 points to nil, and Scotland beat Wales by 30 points to eight. So England are student Four Nations champions for a fifth successive season after the victory in Edinburgh. They finished top with three wins from three. Scotland finished second with one win and two defeats. Ireland and Wales coming third and fourth with one win and two defeats. So massive congratulations to England in the student Four Nations. Well, I've also got a bit of information on the 1895 Cup for you as well. Before we move on to that, we've got the North West Lionhearts Tour. They're flying out to Jamaica on Monday, the 1st of July, for a three-match tour. The party coached by Sean McCuff, John Wally, Martin Ellis will meet Jamaica Select this Thursday and will play Parish of Residence. Champion Reds on Wednesday the 10th of July and Jamaica A on Saturday the 13th of July. In addition, the Lionhearts will take part in a Nines tournament on Sunday the 7th of July. Their squad is as follows. There's a couple of local lads involved, but I'll read this full squad out. It's Sam Lewis, Jack McCuff, Adam Lavin from Oral St. James, Mark Hewlett, Robbie Lindley of Wigan Bulldogs, Ryan Ashall, Jordan Penny of Wigan St. Cuthbert's, Greg Wilde of Culture, Adam Rosser, Jack Sprott of Wigan St. Pat's, Dean Meadows, Adam Robinson of Shevington, Daryl King of Wigan St. Jude's, Daniel Brown, Philip Woolacott of Latchford, Phil Mitchell of Blackpool Scorpions, Owen Abel of Pilkington Rex, Greg Walker of Lee Minor Rangers, Nathan Sneesbit of Hindpool, Steve McDermott of West Bank Bears, Richard Ackers of Bolton Mets and John Moore of Wigan Springview. The tour manager is Stuart Pryor and he said the trip is the longest the Lion Hats have undertaken yet but in both in duration and distance it will be a test but we're really looking forward to helping develop and grow the game 
in Jamaica. The hosts are ranked 14th in the world are using this tour as part of their preparations for the 2021 World Cup. So that sounds a fantastic tour, you know, trip to Jamaica for those lads. Good luck to the Northwest Lions Hearts on that tour and we'll keep you posted with the results over the next couple of weeks or so. Well, the final bit of news this week, I know I say it every week, it's not amateur rugby league, but I like to keep you abreast with uh, the Challenge Cup and in particular the 1895 Cup as well. It's the quarterfinals were played on Sunday. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry, last Wednesday they were played. The quarterfinals were played. The draw was this weekend just gone. The results from the quarterfinals were Doncaster 28, Sheffield Eagles 32, League Centurions 19, Barrow Raiders 18. What an epic game that was. That was played at St. Helens, Totally Wicked Stadium. Witness Vikings were easy, easy win against Dewsbury Rams. They won 54 points to 6. And York City Knights 16, Batley Bulldogs 17 after Golden Point extra time. So some cracking ties there. The fixtures for the semi-finals, it's thrown up a great draw as well. Sheffield Eagles will play Batley Bulldogs. Don't forget Batley Bulldogs played in the first Challenge Cup final in 1895. I think they were winners in that as well, so that would be poetic if they were to get to Wembley in this competition. The other fixture is Lee Centurions against Witness Vikings. What a semi-final that's going to be. Both sides are going to be played on Sunday the 28th of July with kickoff times to be confirmed. I'm presuming they are played at the home team's ground so that Lee Centurions game will be at the Lee Sports Village I'm pretty sure of that anyway but what, what a crowd and what an atmosphere you're going to get for that so good luck to all those sides in the semi-finals I shall see you on Thursday night for Salford's game against Huddersfield Giants don't forget it's a television game and it kicks off at 7.45 have a good week take care and I'll see you on Thursday So that was your Amateur Report, Paul. And next up, we'll look at all the, uh, the big preview. Looking forward to the other field game on uh, well, tonight, tomorrow. It's time on the Devil of the Deep So, Salford Devils are at home to Huddersfield Giants. Oh, massive game for Salford. Um, if we win, we we uh, we go fourth. Um, that would be an amazing achievement. Uh, hopefully, the boys will have got the uh, the uh, performance out they've put in against Wigan out of the system and uh, we'll win the game. Yeah, I mean we can go up to fourth as you said there. That how exciting is that? We want up to fourth with eight games to go in in a Super League season is really exciting. I mean it might only be for 24 hours. It just depends on how other scores go, but. It'd be a great, it's a great incentive, you know, for the, for Watson, Ian Watson to say to the players in the dressing room tomorrow night, you win tonight, lads, you're up to fourth. I mean, what more incentives do the players need? Um, so, you know, go out and impress tomorrow night against Huddersfield. They were on the back of a, a poor run themselves of four defeats on, on the trot. So they're going to be looking for a confidence boost and they can play a bit as well when they get things right. I mean, if you go back to the Magic Weekend, which was their last victory, they won that game at Magic Weekend 55 points to two against a whole side who, who have been pretty impressive in recent weeks. So Huddersfield can play a bit, you know, and they put something together. So we can't take them lightly whatsoever. But, you know, it's, it's a big game. It really is a big game for us because if you look at the league table at the moment, I mean, we spoke about it last night on Solver Radio, didn't we? It's absolutely fascinating. You've got um, six points separating fifth place and bottom. So you've got London on the bottom with 14, then Hull KR 14, Huddersfield 14, Leeds 14, and then Wakefield and Salford on 18, then Catalans and Wigan on 20. So it's, it's a crazy league table. You know, two points here and there. That league table could change over the next fortnight and be totally different. You know, Salford, we lose to Huddersfield. Huddersfield then have 16 points. 
and other results go the way this week, and we could only be two points off the bottom. So it's absolutely crazy. But you win, you're up to fourth. I think there's going to be so much changing in that sort of top top eight, sort of top band of teams. Obviously, you've got Warrington and Saints who are up there at the moment, but underneath that, those those teams are going to shuffle around now. It's just about holding your nerve and and, and keeping your consistency now, and uh, you know keeping on a good run. If there's any very time you want to avoid a bad run, it's now because you could get sucked right down to the bottom again. Who do you look out for as Uddersfield's danger man? Yeah, I think they've got a few, Rob. I think they've got a few danger men. There's two two lads who play for them that have impressed me and impressed me in the, the highlights that I saw of the of the Wakefield game. I think they made the debut against us earlier in the season. The, the two brothers, two twin brothers, the senior twins is Lewis and Innes Senior, both six foot five. They both played on the wing uh, against Wakefield. One played the left wing, one played right wing. I think they're players to look out for. You've also got Leroy Kudjo there. Who's a you know England international? Is he's, he's a very good player. Daniel McIntosh, the fullback, has impressed me when I've seen him. One player that I always mention when we play Huddersfield, I think you do as well, is the cooker Cruz Lehman. Really quick round the rook, very very quick player there, and you know he's very busy. He's always really a, a handful. Uh, regarding the pack, I'd say they're a bit light in the forwards. I'm not sure there's anybody there that really stands out for me. Um, you've got Lee Gaskell who's been playing at standoff. Don't forget Jordan Turner's in the uh, and they're 17 as well. You know, Jordan and league has got two former Salford players. So they've got some clever players. I think this season they've, they've struggled to put it together on a, on a consistent basis. But, you know, I think they'll be a tough nut to crack. Yeah. Give us um, have you got a weather report for us. Uh, let me have a look. I've not looked on my phone, actually. I think yeah. it's been cloudy tomorrow, isn't it? I, th- yeah. I think it's going to be warm, Rob. I think it'll be warm. Warm and sunny. Uh, it'll be a bit cooler. Be a light, light breeze, a bit cooler on uh, Friday night. Okay, yeah, I, just hope, I just hope I've got a voice for Friday. My voice is going. It's salt water. It's salt water. Like Rod Stewart, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, Let me have a look now. You need to gargle salt water, salt water, I think. That'll sort you out. It was all that shouting last week at Wigan, you know, I was doing the reports. Wigan, the Wigan Tannoy system was so annoying. The music that was playing there, I couldn't hear myself think. We <laughs> tried to do the, the team news in the video, so I might, I might have lost my... I've, got, I've had a bit of a throat infection, but um, you want to see the colour of some of the stuff I'm coughing up. Yeah. Make, you, make your eyes water. Moving on. What's your score prediction? Uh, Salford 20, Huddersfield 12. I think it'll be a tight game. I think we'll, we'll score a, a late try and then kick a penalty goal to seal it. OK, I'm going to go Salford. I'm going to go full for 40 but it's still 6 46 come out of the blocks early get into like a 28 point lead they'll score one and then we'll finish it off late in the second half and then we'll be roaring up to fourth place with whatever 8 games to go yeah, there's me with my uh, cautious score prediction and you just come swaggering in with your 40 points to six. <laughs> with I like it. With a couple of under my arm, yes. You've done well all this season. Well, I think we've both had a few close calls, haven't yeah. we? If it hadn't been for Christian and you, you know, you'd have, you'd have been knee-deep in chicken. Oh, that was the cast game, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I nearly had that, didn't I? Yeah. I think you should. If you get a chance to interview him, just say, you cost me a bucket of chicken, you. Yeah, yeah he but, always... A nod, you know, like, if, if he's like, shall I kick it? When Ian Watson says two, and he looks up in the stand at you, shall I, shall I do two or not? <laughs> what do you reckon, Paul? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, one oh, thing yeah. we forgot to mention this week, Rob, the, the t shirts have arrived now. Oh, yeah. The polo yeah. shirts for our uh, 
for our our giveaway. And we must say again, thank you very much to to, to Mark Hay, our great friend in Australia. He's uh, he's kindly funded those those prizes for us. So we wish Mark and uh, his family all the best in Australia. And hopefully, he's, I, I I got a message. I speak to Mark quite often on Messenger. He's a lovely guy, and uh, he sent me a message last week. I think he's coming over to to England, flying over to. He's going to be at the London Broncos game and the Huddersfield game, which is we play Huddersfield a bit, again a bit later on in the season. So he's going to be at both end games. So uh, if we can, I'd like to get him on the podcast for a little chat after the game. Yeah. So uh, if you're listening, Mark, we'd love to get you on. We'll hopefully we'll 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 see you anyway. We'll get it. All, we'll get definitely get it organised. So how are we doing this, this this giveaway then? Thinking what we're going to do is because there's a new thing on Facebook where if if you share content, you get kind of put into like a. A top, sort of, uh, top fans of the page so I'm going to reset the, the top fans of the page tonight so if you're sharing the podcast and sharing the, uh, the, the match reports and the match previews uh, you no, the person who then will get the t-shirt or the top two or the top is it two t-shirts we've got we've got two we've got two. a black one and a red one Okay. Uh, polo shirts and what do you reckon do, do you think we should get the, the players to sign them or are we just yeah. going to give them away as they are oh, no, we'll, get the, we'll, we'll try and get the players uh, we'll get Watto to sign them yeah yeah we'll get, we can give it to them can't we and then they'll, they'll probably take all week to sign them and they can give us so back. when are we going to draw it out are we going to do a live draw so people can see it so yeah, I think it's it, not fixed how long do we give it do you reckon is it do we give it a week do we give it yeah well who do we play We've got one into the way next Friday, haven't we? So should we we do the draw at a home game because yeah. you know, away games we're always a bit busy running around after the game, aren't we? So yeah. if yeah. we say, the, what about the Catalan Dragons home game on Sunday, the twenty first of July? Yeah. Do the yeah. draw for the match, can we? Yeah, so that gives everybody two is it two weeks then to yeah. like and share on your timelines on your Facebook, and then the winner or the winners will be the top two sharers, the top two. Uh, sort of top fans it says on the on I think the nice comment, nice comments from listeners as well they'll, they'll get them in the app won't it we will yeah <laughs> we'll do, do nice comments as well uh, yeah that sounds like we've a had some nice idea. feedback haven't we I've noticed we've had some nice feedback on uh, was it on Twitter off a couple of the listeners which was nice to see is it Dan, Daniel Hull I think he's always given us nice Nice, nice, nice messages and a nice bit of feedback, and it's I enjoy that when you see that because it, it makes it worthwhile, and it? so it's very nice of people to to give us some nice comments and nice feedback. It makes it all worthwhile. They might not give it tonight because my hotspot's been a bit ropey. You've, you've you sounded a bit Dalek here a couple of times, but yeah, you've gone off a couple of times as well. I thought <laughs> I've lost you a few times. Yeah, it's been the experiment of doing outside didn't quite. Uh, reach up to my expectations but I think I sound listen. like a Dalek anyway mate <laughs> this, this sore throat I've got I'm just going to go and get myself some fisherman's friends in a minute yeah. fisherman's <laughs> friends and gaggle some salt water anyone else has got any kind of tips for Paul's sore throat tweet him tweet me and tweet him and we'll see well, I, said to, I don't know if it caught it on the Watson interview if you listen to it very very carefully at the start he actually says I'm staying away from you yeah. because uh, I'm not yeah, yeah, did the interview with him. I, said, I said that to him uh, because he looked at me and he said, God, you're full of a cough and a cold. You and he stood about, stood about two metres in front <laughs> of me. So I, said, I don't want to spread this on to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't remember if I cut it or kept it or not. I can't remember, but I do remember that. He said, Oh, you've got a cold, so I'll get over here. Then he backed off about. Yeah, well, I didn't want an epidemic, like a flu, a flu epidemic or whatever. I've got a cough epidemic going through the team we've not we've got enough injuries as it is so I didn't want to get blamed for that <laughs> but yeah hopefully the boys will be clean bill of health 
and they uh, all fired up for the game against the uh, Uddersfield on uh, well tomorrow. So yeah, that looking forward to it. Uh, yes, yeah, good fun. Uh, that was in this week's uh, podcast, Paul. Shorter than the normal, um, but still good. Yeah, yeah, enjoyed it, mate. I'm just, I'm just apologise again for me, my voice and that I am really struggling at the moment with it. So hopefully I'm going to feel a bit better. So it's just dragged on for ages, this. So uh, who gets coughs and colds in the summer? It's crazy, isn't it? Absolutely crazy. That's why you run down. That's why, that's why you, you get in your colds and your coughs. Because I'm what? You run down, you need to chill out. Yeah, I'm always on the go. I'm always <laughs> doing something. You need to look after, look after yourself, Paul. That, that's the number one. Get, you get up Get some, I don't know. Get yourself a limb sit. Sit by the fire. <laughs> it's July. It's July. You're going to say the boiler, but you probably fix that. <laughs> the one you've just fixed. Yeah. But brilliant. Great show. Enjoyed that. Uh, don't forget you can find us on Facebook, Devil Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Radio Contact. So thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. Day. Live. Radio Contact.